Hey, Dan, I almost got the job. Here's why little things make a difference. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, I hope you're having a spectacular day. Here we are in middle of March already, trucking through a brand new year. Hey, you are listening to the 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take approximately 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful fulfilling and profitable hey you know this is where normal indecision ambiguity come to die welcome in to the 48 days radio show well our sponsor today is fresh books they're offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to all of you my listeners to claim it just go to freshbooks.com 48 days enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section make your bookkeeping keeping track of all that money you're making and the expenses going out a whole lot easier. Well, here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. Dan, should I care that my son wears his hat backward? Now, I got some interesting questions as always, but we're going to be looking at little things that make a difference. As part of today's episode, I've got an interview with my good friend, Andy Andrews. We're going to be talking about his new book, The Little Things. But Andy is a master at noticing little things And we're going to talk about some of those that really do make a difference. Somebody says, I have considered writing a book and a blog about our caregiving experiences, but finding work has taken a higher priority. How about this? Isn't luck a big part of being successful? And if I work overtime, I'm neglecting my family. If I don't work overtime, I'm neglecting my employer and our only source of income. Well, how about this? How would you like to be a people walker? Got a piece about that. The new ideas that are coming in, creative ways that people are making money are just non-ending. Well, our, our quotation for today comes from Mother Teresa, who said, not all of us can do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. That's our quotation for today. Well, here's some success stories. I want to start right off with those. This comes from Matt Miller says, thanks for featuring so much content about creative artistic careers lately. I've been a listener since 2011, but it's only been the last year that I've truly found some direction. To be honest, when I finally reread 48 Days to the Work You Love and actually did the exercises, I realized that I'm equally obsessed with art and fitness, so I'm pursuing integrated careers in both. Anyway, I thought I'd share some suggestions for emerging artists. Now, he goes through a long thing here, but... What Matt shares is that I really love is he started to do live paintings. That is, he paints pictures in public spaces where there may be a lot of spectators, like a concert venue, sports event, or themed event. So he may paint the band during their set. Now, he he did that, he says, a few weeks ago. I painted James Brown at a local funk show that featured a James Brown tribute band. I had $300 in my PayPal account by midnight. So what he does is he shows up at live events and just starts painting something. 
that's related to the theme of what's going on, be that a sports event or some kind of a musical event, and sells his stuff on the spot. So obviously not paintings that are going to take three weeks to develop, things that are done very bold, abstract, quick. I, I went to his site, and you can do the same. If you go to MatthewMillerArt.com, you'll see the kind of stuff that he's doing. Now, what I love, Matt, about your note is that you just jumped in the game and did something. Didn't wait until it's perfect. You talk about in here the fact that you probably aren't the best painter in the world. Doesn't matter. You're the one that's out there on the sidelines doing something and getting compensated on the spot. Now, I love those kind of ideas. And we, we hear about them a lot. We're going to be talking about them in the next few weeks as we lead up to Innovate, the event where we're going to have artists here like Debbie Dearman talking about what she's done with her art. Matter of fact, I just purchased one of her pieces. Uh, she just did an online, like a 14 days selling, and it was beautifully done. And I bought a piece because it's so beautifully matched my office and just, just beautifully done. But she's doing things that are different. We're going to be talking about that. So anyway, Matt Young, love what you're doing, man. Love what you're doing. Just get out there in the game. And if you go to MatthewMillerArt.com, you can see the kind of bold, um, quick work that he's doing and why it has appeal to people. Great idea. Hey, I've got a uh, got an audio clip here. This comes from Ray, who just a short success thing. I'll want to share that as well. Hi, Dan. My name is Ray Matz. I attended your coaching with excellence almost about one year ago. And uh, since then, I just wanted to give you a little success update. It took me probably about six to eight months to launch a podcast and figure out what my niche was. Uh, the company I started was called is called Game Changing Dads to motivate and encourage fathers and husbands to lead, love, and live. And my goal, February 17th, was to have one paying client. Well, literally, that week of my 50th birthday, I got three brand new coaching clients. So I so appreciate the time I had with you and all your staff. I coach you with excellence. Greatly appreciate it. And hopefully we will do it again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for that uh, note, Ray. And congratulations on taking the action. And we can provide information all day long, but until you take action, nothing happens. So I commend you on getting clear on having a goal that you identified. And like so often is the case, once you identify a goal, not only the goal, but more shows up, which you attested to not getting one client, but three on your goal date. You know, I've, you've heard me talk about Giovanna Ellison, who is one of our 48 Days Coaching Mastery Coaches and has been extremely successful, but came to Coaching with Excellence a couple years ago, and we've kind of chronicled her journey. But I got a note from her just on Friday, and she said, wow, Dan, I just left the bank. The branch manager came out and asked for my card, said she saw the consistency with which I paid off debt and wants to hire me as her coach to help her grow her business. Wow, I never knew she was watching me that closely. (laughs) Keep doing great work. You know, someone is watching, you never know how it'll pay off down the line. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm included a little bit of this in the interview that I did coming up here in a few minutes with Andy Andrews. But again, those little things, 
She wasn't out handing out brochures. She wasn't going to the bank prospecting, you know, asking for coaching clients. She was just living a life that got attention. I mean, it's that old adage we have here, you know, the best advertisement for being, for coaching is living a life that other people want to emulate. But love that. Love those kind of success stories. Well, Tim says, um, just a quick note to echo your advice on just get started. After my kids were grown, I thought I'd go back into the corporate arena after working for myself in various ventures over the past decade. At a new position, I had a decent salary, nice office, but only corporate-minded colleagues. I lasted three months only. He says, laughing out loud. Upon deciding to leave and go back out on my own, I sent an email to my past clients and colleagues letting them know I was going back out on my own and I haven't looked back since. I did this with no website, still don't have one yet. I have a $100 used laptop, but I do have paying clients, which to me was proof of concept first. I'll handle the details later. I've doubled my income, worked fewer hours on my own and couldn't be happier. Thanks again for all your advice. Hope to meet you someday live in Tennessee as both my wife and I have relatives there, and I'd welcome a chance to meet you and yours and also attend the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. You know, when we have events here, like we've got Innovate coming up, we've got it on Mother's Day weekend. We purposely schedule our events around holidays because people love coming to Nashville. We have the events on Thursday, Friday, and then people often spend Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, if it's a holiday day, where they just get a chance to see nashville all the wonderful things here and of course one of the highlights oftentimes is the grand old opry for sure well hey love hearing those success stories you get a success story shoot it into us love to include you in this little segment each week success stories where you are one of the champions you can just go to ask dan ask dan at 48days.com site leave us your testimonial there your success story or just shoot it to me directly at askdan at 48days.com. That's an email address that most of you are familiar with. Uh, you and a whole lot of other people that becoming a crowded email box, unfortunately, with so many people doing other kind of approaches there. But anyway, for now, it works. Askdan at 48days.com. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer. Challenging? Yeah, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for being self-employed. Now, to meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for exactly the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. You can see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Well, Frank Santino sent a note in. This is just kind of a news clip, but he said there's a guy in L.A. who for $7 a mile will take you for a stroll. 
Yeah, I, I've seen this. It, it's a cool thing. You can check it out. Just put in the people walker. If you just Google that, you can find it. And this guy will go for a walk with you for seven bucks a mile. Now, now he talks about, he says, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a priest. But people tell me about their struggles. They vent about politics. He just lets them talk. And he does give gentle advice. Yeah, there's some interviews with him. Seven bucks a mile. Now, what, what he does is he gets in his own exercise and makes a little extra money on the side. Great tip. Thanks for sending that in, Frank. But just one more interesting way that people, in fact, do generate income in today's environment. It's all around you, folks. You got to pay attention all around you. Well, this comes from Chris. Now, this gentleman's name is Chris Darden. And I clarify his first and last name. But there's a reason for that I'll tell you in a minute. Chris says, thanks for taking a look at this email. I'm 42 years old, married with two teenage children. I've worked at a class one railroad for the last 18 years. My father and grandfather worked here as well. It's become a chore just to get up and drag myself to work each morning. I know that I am duty bound and accept responsibility, but I desperately want to find a way to make a living on my own time. I've been writing a blog for a little over a year and really enjoy that, but it is very limited reach. I'm struggling to find a way to make a living writing. I'm not sure I have what it takes. I would value your opinion on my writing if you have time to visit my blog. If that's something you don't do, I completely understand. Thanks again for your time. Well, Chris, I tried to find your blog. You didn't put a link to it. And so I tried to find it by Googling your name. Well, good or bad, you have a very famous name, Chris Darden, if you're listening and don't recognize that. He was the prosecuting attorney in the O.J. Simpson trial, along with Marsha Clark. So page after page after page of Chris Darden material is referencing Chris Darden, that prosecuting attorney, who I assume is not you. Um, I tried to put in your middle name. I tried to put in your middle name in blog and could not find anything. So you're going to have to do something to make it stand out. Now, since you have the name, the same name as a celebrity, I would suggest that you have a blog name that you build a brand around the blog rather than trying to focus on your personal name. Now, that varies, and, and certainly having your personal name you know, as a domain is desirable, and a lot of times you can build around that. But even like with me, I mean, Dan Miller, my gosh, how many Dan Millers are there in the world? There's a whole lot of them. So I didn't try to build around danmiller.com. That's why I immediately built around 48 days. 48 days is my brand. That brings you to this Dan Miller, but it doesn't take you to all the other Dan Millers out there. So I'd encourage you to, to look at that. Now, as, as for your writing, let me talk about that a little bit because it's such a common, common concern, desire of listeners. You talk about you'd really like to make a living writing, not sure that you have what it takes. Well, what what it takes is 10% writing skills, 90% marketing skills. That's what it takes to be good, to make a living at your writing. Be really good at the 10%. That's the writing itself. But if anybody's ever going to notice you, you have to be good at the other part as well, the marketing. I hope that's not discouraging. It's just a matter of fact. And once you recognize it, then you can address it directly. But even if you were writing for places, and you can write for places like, I mean, Huffington Post, Forbes, 
I mean, it, it's not that difficult to get your articles in places like that where you're going to get massive exposure. But even with massive exposure like that, where some of those allow a shared revenue, if your blog, your post gets enough views or downloads, they will share ad revenue with you. But people who write for those magazines, Forbes or Huffington Post or others like that, you know, they may write a post and make $50. It would be unusual for them to make $50 in terms of ad revenue share. That would mean a, a, a post that was really read, you know, maybe 30,000 times. That's going to be pretty unusual. And with that kind of compensation plan, you're not going to make a living doing that. When I write, it's so that I draw attention to our website, where people come, and then they purchase other things. They purchase courses. They come to live events. They request coaching. I mean, those are the things where I make money, not writing itself. Writing itself is nothing but a fancy business card for me. Uh, last year, I did a, a blog post for Michael Hyatt, and I titled it, Forget the Royalties, Just Give My Books Away. Well, authors went nuts, you know, saying, what do you mean? You know, that's how we make our money. And I thought, if you expect to make money by just selling your books, you're missing the bigger picture because a book ought to simply introduce people to you and the other things that you do where you really make money. Here's an example. 48 Days to the Work You Love is a New York Times bestseller, you know, for whatever that means, but that's the kind of highest ranking. And it is that. Today, now, this is March 2017. The book was written, was released in January of 2005. So the 10th anniversary edition came out in 2015. That's the most current version, which is now two years old itself. It still ranks, as of today, 6,873. I just checked it on Amazon for all books. 6,873. That's really good to have a book. I mean, there are books that you would recognize the name. Their ranking on Amazon is, you know, 750,000. 48 days is at 6,873. Now, the reason I'm sharing that is to share with you, I just got a royalty check. I just got a royalty check on Friday for 48 days the work you love from my publisher there. It was for $2,186.04. Now I get those four times a year. So four times that, that book being ranked as high as it is, being a New York Times bestseller, having opened doors in thousands of ways for me, makes me at that rate $8,744.16 a year. Now is that nice? Yes. Is that going to afford me a house to live in, groceries to buy, and a car to drive? No. I mean, I hope you get the picture here that even something that successful is not going to make a lot of money. Except it makes me a whole lot of money because the book introduces people to all the other things that we do at 48 Days. I mean, we sell that the book itself introduces people to the personality profile. We sell thousands of the personality profiles where I may make a dollar fifty in royalty on the book, and then we make twenty eight dollars and fifty cents on the profile that people go 
and get. But it introduces them to other things. It introduces them to 48 Days Eagles, where people then pay $30 a month to be part of that group. Introduces people to my mastermind, to our coaching programs, to our coaching mastery program, to coaching with excellence and innovate events that people come to. That's where we make our money. So please be clear on that. The people that I know who make a living with their writing directly are really, really rare numbers. I mean, we have a lady, uh, Beth Underwood, who is in our coaching mastery program, and she really wanted to write. And so we looked at possibilities for it. She writes articles for history.net. They pay her a thousand, they pay her $1 a word and want 3000 word articles twice a month. Well, that's pretty decent. You know, so with, so with that one connection, she, she does heavy research. I mean, she's got a real track record of, of researched, substantiated writing. So she makes $6,000 a month doing that. You know, my friend Ken Abraham is a ghostwriter. So books like Let's Roll and um, Your Best Life Now with Joel Osteen. You know, he writes books for famous people. So uh, George Foreman's book. Chuck Norris, Against All Odds. Those are all books written by my friend Ken Abraham. He gets paid extremely well. He gets a flat fee for writing those books for other people. So there are ways to do that, but it's pretty, pretty rare to have the writing directly be a source of income. I've got an interview here that I did with my buddy Andy Andrews. We've been friends for a long time. In this, we cover... A lot of the little things. Now, Andy's an example of somebody who has made a whole lot of money writing, but again, it's because his writing opens the door. He's spoken at the request of four different United States presidents, toured military bases around the world. You hear him talking here about the fact that he's he's consulted with uh, nine of the last national championship football teams. I mean, he he it opens the door for highly paid consulting speaking opportunities. The book opens the door for that, but he talks about the little things. Check out this interview. It's about 20 minutes long. So it's pretty much the rest of our uh, podcast today, but it's worth listening to. Here's my buddy, Andy. Andy Andrews, my friend, what a delight to have you on here for a few minutes today. Buddy, I am so excited to be with you, Double Dan Miller. I call him Double Dan because he's twice as good as anybody else. (laughs) And you can tell your wife I said so. Oh, I will. I'll carry that with me all day long. I love that. Thank you for that. Well, Andy, you got a brand new book out, The Little Things, Why You Really Should Sweat the Small Stuff. Now, you are a master at noticing little things your previous books, you notice little things, whether it's in history or just daily occurrences. Man, is is that something we can learn to do, or is that just a special gift of God to Andy Andrews? No, it's something we can learn to do, and it's, it's something that is so important in in creating results. And I, and I got to tell you, now you know me, you and I are buddies, and so you know, I cannot get by on any celebrity. Because I am not one. You know, I don't have a gold medal. I don't have a Super Bowl ring. I, I wasn't the hero of some national disaster that everybody remembers and ended up on the cover of a magazine. I'm just, you know, a guy who's kind of funny, talks fast. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. And if I'm going to, you know, have an income 
with my business, helping other people and helping businesses and speaking and writing, I have got to have results. It can't be just normal stuff. And so I really dug into that several years ago to, to really quantify the results and really track them and measure them with my clients. And, and I realized somewhere along the line that the thing I was doing to get, to get these results, because we've got some just amazing stuff, companies doubling and tripling, and, and I, I actually have my hand in the last nine college football national championships in a row. And it was tiny little things that was making the difference. And I realized one day I didn't have any of them written down. It was just stuff I was dealing with with these people. And I realized, too, that I'm an old dad. And so I thought, man, if I croak, my boys are not going to know how all this happened. So I started writing it down. And, and that is, and, and so I have, for the first time, really put in this book these little things that are making such a massive difference to companies and teams. You know, one of the things you just mentioned there, that amazing little stat you threw in that you've been connected to the last nine championship teams in some way. But one of the things that you talk about is to pay attention to the things where the other team doesn't know there's a game going on. Now, right. It, where, you know, you know when the ball is snapped, things start. But you're saying, wow, pay attention to things that they aren't paying attention to prior to that. Talk about that yeah, a little. Yeah, in business, small businesses, large businesses, it doesn't matter. Teams, sports, whatever. I, I tell people, look, you, you have to learn to compete at a level. The competition doesn't know there's a game going on. And it's easy to do when you realize that everybody competes the same way. Insurance people compete the same way. Authors compete the same way. Speakers compete the same way. Uh, real estate people do. Football teams do. Everybody does. And it's a basic thing. They look around and they have industry standards or best practices or this is what the best do. And you'll find even towns, you know, cities, when they want to get better, they'll send a committee to the cities that have gotten better and they'll bring back the things they've done. Everybody does the same thing. And and so everybody competes from the snap to the whistle. They, even football coaches say, I, I need everything from the snap to the whistle. Just from the time that that, that ball is snapped to the, to the whistle is blown, you give me 100%. But see, here's the thing. If you can figure out how to legitimately compete, now you got to be good from the snap to the whistle. you got to be good at your industry fundamentals. you got to be good at what, what you do. But if you can figure out how to compete, literally compete, not only from the snap to the whistle, but from the whistle to the next snap, while everybody else is just standing around, you'll run them off the field. Mm. And this can be done because all the ways that you compete in those little ancillary areas are the ones that really make the massive difference. And for the most part, they aren't even what your clients, your potential clients, or your competition considers the game. Golly. Absolutely. You know, here, here's an example. I'm going to drop it in here. Just a little bit earlier today, I talked with one of our 48 Days coaches. Now, she's had astounding success in helping people transform their lives. But right. she went to the bank on Friday and just made a deposit. She went out to her car. The branch manager followed her out to her car, and she said, what do you do? You know, what, how can you be paying down your debt? so fast. That's what you're doing here. Well, she told her, the coach told her, and engaged her on the spot to help her transform her life in the same way. Now, what I love about that is 
She wasn't selling her coaching. She didn't go in there with a brochure. She didn't go in there to make a sales call. It was just the one little thing that somebody noticed that was enough to make an important connection. That's right. It was, it was the way she acted. It was the way she, it was the way that manager saw her react with tellers. It was the way she saw this woman over time react in the line with their other clients. She, she, you know, maybe ask a couple of questions about her, but see this, this shows, this shows that her business is coaching. Her business is coaching. This is where she makes her money. Her industry is coaching. And, you know, all the other coaches are trying to stack up their coaching against her coaching. But see, what what is really happening is no matter the industry, it doesn't matter what the industry is, the product is you. Mm. See, see that product it was her. It wasn't the coaching. That's I mean, right. her, co- her coaching, you, you know, it, it's in, in any in, in any situation. I mean, you, you, there are there are, like you, you sell insurance. You go to an insurance guy, say, show me, you know, we're shopping insurance for my car. Well, he'll tell you the price, the product. He'll tell you the company, the history of the company, the service. Go to another guy. You realize he's telling you the same thing. And so everybody's competing the same way. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, they said, who's your publisher? And I said, well, I'm with the division of HarperCollins. I said, and that's what I would tell everybody. I said, but you want to know the real truth? Because you're, you're somebody I really care about. You're somebody I want to help. And so I said, you want me to tell you the real truth? You want me to tell you who my publisher really is? And they said, well, sure. I said, my publisher is really Matt Barr. Absolutely. And I said, I said, and, and I said, let me tell you the deal. I said, Matt is with the division of Harper Collins. He's a senior vice president there. And, and I said, but tomorrow, if he moves to Fred's publishing company, yes, so do I. Because <laughs> I signed with Matt Baher. That, I love that story. I, of course, I know Matt well. And, but just knowing the story and knowing how you think, that makes perfect sense. Now, so you're dealing with a person, not some big organization. It comes down to you. One of the things that you say, Andy, in your book, The Little Things, is everybody wants to make a difference, but nobody's willing to be different. Right. I have had the privilege of having dinner with one of your sons, Austin. And it's immediately obvious he does things that most teenagers don't do yes sir no ma'am his mannerism those things that make him distinct immediately get your attention not in a a way to draw attention to himself but it just stands out because kids don't do that and you've done a stellar job of raising sons who are willing to be different talk a little bit about that those little things that are so easy to do that set us apart in a yeah, world of sameness. It, it's such a great way to compete. And it's also, it's curious, if you ask any anybody who works with teenagers and say, and say what's the biggest, what, what do they think about more than anything else? What's their biggest challenge? It, it all goes back to that same old thing we've heard for years, that peer pressure thing. You know, they they care what everybody thinks about them. They, they you know, they want to, they don't want to do anything that makes them stand out and all that. In, in other words, they don't want to appear different. But, but that, goes into adulthood too. People, you know, if you if you go with a business proposal or if you kind of come up with an idea, there's there's a million people that stop and say, you know, that's not the way you do that. You know, here's the way you do it. And see, everybody knows the way you do it. I mean, if you, you talk about publishing a book, well, there's a way you do it. 
Mm-hmm. People tell you there's a way you do it. And the way you do it is how they do it. And the way you do it is, you know, they publish 100 books and one of them stays in the bookstore more than six weeks. And so that's the way they do it. And so if everybody thinks that's a great, you know, a great way to do it, then go for it. But you, you in your life are, you know, as scared as you are to be different. You've got to understand whether you're a teenager or whether you're an adult. You know, you, you look at teenagers and they, they admire people like Bill Gates and they admire people like Bruce Springsteen and, and they admire people. Well, why? Because they have they have airplanes and they have and they have uh, time. They can travel wherever they want. They have several houses. You know, people people admire people admire people like you, Dan, who 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 works from home. You travel when you want to. You you have enough money that you don't have to worry about money. And and people admire people like you. Well, I got to tell you something, people. Dan is different. He's different. He's different from all the adults that you see as you walk around. Dan is different. He lives a different life. He thinks differently. And so somewhere along the line, when Dan was not different, he had to learn to get comfortable with being a little different and thinking a little differently so that one day he could be different. And the same is true with you. Now, when you, when you look at that difference and competing in a way that other people don't know there's a competition going on. You know, Dan mentioned my son, Austin. Okay, the yes, ma'am, the yes, sir, the no, sir. You know, Austin doesn't wear his hat backwards. All right? Now, 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 now why, don't you, why don't you think about something? Austin has two businesses right now. He's running two businesses. And and his, his clients are people who generally have, you know, a fair amount of money. And so people who generally have a fair amount of money are generally – you know, 40, 50, 60 years old. Now, one thing about wearing your hat backwards, it's not right. It's not wrong. It's not a sin. That's not a sin. Okay. It's not, it's not something that's, it's not right or wrong, but for whatever reason, you could say that 30%, you just throw that number out. You could say that 30% of the adults with a lot of money walking around in America today, you could say that 30% of them, they don't like that look. They think it looks disrespectful. They they think it looks, it, it's just off-putting some way. And so it's not right or wrong. And so wear your hat backwards if you want to, Austin. That's what I say. I say however you want to wear it. You wear it however you want. But but be aware that if you wear it backwards, you're cutting 30% of your client base out because right off the bat, they don't even want to talk to you just because of how you look. And so, so you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, it's absolutely not necessary. You, you ain't got to do that. It's not right. It's not wrong. But I want to tell you something. 20% of the people in America feel like when a kid says yeah or yes or no, it's a little bit disrespectful. And if you want to send your kid out into the field of combat, because at some point we send our children into that field of corporate combat. And if you want to send your kid into that field of corporate combat with 20 or 30 percent of the people already disinclined to hire them or help them or give them advice or opportunities, you know, a kid who has covered those bases will beat the other kids every single time. Oh, man, you, you stepped really deep into my territory. I deal all day long, Andy, as you know, with people who want to get advancement in their jobs. They right. want to move ahead. And so I hear from people 
every day. I almost got the job. I almost got the promotion. I almost got the bonus. How do, yeah. are they overlooking the little things that make a difference? Now, you're really in that spot with what you're talking about. Those things that, not right or wrong, you know, you, you, they're, they're socially acceptable even. By golly, they make a difference. Those are the little things you're talking about. And it is, it's amazing. It's amazing to, to me, Dan, that, that especially in a world where people talk about the big picture, the big picture, we want big picture, you know, we need big picture thinking or whatever. Well, and, and, and it is a mantra to say, ah, don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. Let me tell you something. If you want a life of just unbelievable freedom, then when it comes to small stuff, you better sweat it because the, the, the truth, the truth, the bottom line is any masterpiece that has ever been created. Look at, look at the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa uh, was created by Da Vinci with the smallest paintbrush ever used at, at that time. And to this day, you can go in the Louvre and you can look at the Mona Lisa with a magnifying glass and you cannot find individual brush strokes. The, the, the movements were so tiny that they don't even show up under a magnifying glass. And so your life, what, whatever you're creating with your business, with your family, with your children, your life itself, at the end of it all, whether you have created a masterpiece or a disaster, it will have been done one tiny brush stroke at a time. Wow. Those little things we often overlook. And I got a couple more questions for you here. You mentioned in the later part of The Little Things in your new book that Polly had reminded you the sunset was there, whether or not you noticed it. You know, right. I love that idea that there's so many things happening around us that just become kind of old hat. We're just acclimated to them. We don't notice them. But there's, right. a, there's a process called or a phenomenon called reticular activator, you know, where if I buy Joanna red Volvo, you know, the next day I noticed six of them right here in Franklin, Tennessee. <laughs> well, it wasn't that everybody went out and bought a red Volvo. It's just that I didn't notice them before. But now right. that it's on my radar, I do. And I love that concept. The sunset was there whether or not you noticed it. You know, perspective is an odd thing. People believe that perspective is how you see a thing. And yet, that may be true, but the truth, the deeper truth, is that perspective is not so much how you see a thing, it's how you choose to see a thing. Because people, people talk about, well, the perspective, you know, that person's a, ha a glass half full person, that person's a glass half empty person. And we know what happens to those kind of people that, that the glass half empty people are a little more negative and they have less, uh, I guess people don't want to be around them as much. And the glass half full people, people enjoy being around them more. And so there's more opportunities to be given. So glass half full people tend to tend to prosper a little more. Well, you know, if people forget the glass, as the old saying goes, is what it is. The, the glass is just, it's sitting there with a certain amount of water, but you choose whether you see it as half empty or half full. You choose to see the sunset or not. You choose. Absolutely. And, and, your, and your thinking is in charge of that. So as, as God's greatest paradox, our thinking determines every choice we make, and yet you can choose how you think. Ah. Uh. 
Hey, I want you to take us out by dismantling one of the very common misconceptions in our culture, and that is this idea about luck. You say there's no such thing as luck. We're, hey, we want to win the lottery. We want you know some Ed McMahon to show up at our doorstep. You're saying there's no such thing as luck? No such thing as luck. Luck, <laughs> luck is uh, it's Dan. It's it's a myth, and and it's it's such it's such a, a a sad thing that that people tend to talk about luck in their in their in their in their, in their everyday life. But you know, magic wands and four leaf clovers, shiny pennies, a rabbit's feet. I mean, think about it. A rabbit's feet. Is it lucky? It wasn't for the rabbit. I mean, come on, <laughs> right? Luck is a myth. It's undetectable. It, it's undetectable. It can't be detected because it's non-existent. You know, luck is something that people wish for when they throw the dice, and it's something that they blame as soon as the dice stop rolling. You know, the, the luck is we, we call up on luck for for mercy or grace, but you don't need luck. Because you are strong and smart and capable, and you will choose wisely because you have already chosen to open your mind, soul, and spirit to the little things. You can choose to see them. You don't need luck. The little things promise bigger things to come. You're gaining understanding. You're becoming more valuable today. You're part of Dan's group of people that is zoning in. I can't think of a greater thinker to be dealing with than Dan. And so you are gaining understanding by hanging with him. You're becoming more valuable every day. And soon you're, you're going to have the influence and you're going to have the results to prove it. Ah, man, I appreciate that. Love your insights. The book is The Little Things, Why You Really Should Sweat the Small Stuff. Talking to my longtime friend, Andy Andrews. Andy, you are a man of great wisdom. Always a delight to have you on, and I always appreciate the way that you will, in fact, stimulate new thinking for my listeners to take them to higher levels of success. Thanks for Buddy, spending this time with us, man. I, I, I appreciate you so much, and thank you so much, Dan. We are all lucky to have you in our lives, and I use that lucky that that word lucky as as that kind of semantic thing we talk about. I mean, it just like comes out of our mouth. But see, I know, and everybody listening knows, we we are not lucky to have Dan Miller in our lives because we're we're fortunate, yes. But we have chosen to have him. We've chosen to read more of his work. We've chosen to listen to him more. We've chosen to listen to him again to make sure we didn't miss anything the first time, and so. We, we are, we're grateful for you, buddy. Well, I continued talking with my friend, but that was a good place to end and wrap up. Again, I recommend the book, The Little Things, Why You Really Should Sweat the Small Stuff. You can find it easily on Amazon. But I'll tell you what, you know, if you go to Andy's site itself, andyandrews.com, you can get a free audio of him reading the first three chapters of course, he's got that distinctive voice. He's got a, a voice as distinctive as Zig Ziglar, I guess, when I think about it. But uh, go there and get the free audio. That's a great way to get introduced to the content on the little things. Well, we could go on and on. I've, I've got tons of other questions, but I don't uh, I feel like it would be detracting from uh, what we just talked about, the focus on the little things and how important that is to start ramping up with other questions. So I'm not going to do that. 
just a couple reminders about things that are coming up. Uh, one is Innovate. Now, uh, Innovate is coming up May 11th and 12th here. That is Mother's Day weekend. That's the one where we are welcoming artists, authors, sculptors, comedians, musicians, all those people with creative skills who are looking for ways to get in the game. It's our lowest priced event of the year. It's four ninety seven for two days, Thursday and Friday. Now, I think perhaps in the next two weeks, let me, let me just do this. In the next two weeks, I'm going to uh, dedicate the podcast to talking about the value of investing in yourself. It's a principle that I've used, and I just recently started kind of looking back on it, reflecting how much I've used it over many, many years. The principle of having a budget item, budget percentage that I invest back in my own personal development, how that's paid off. I want to share that with you and, of course, encourage you to do the same. Now, whether or not you become part of, you know, 48 Days Eagles or come to one of our events, that's not the point. The point is, what are you doing? What are you doing to invest in yourself? So I'm going to be developing that over again in the, within the next two weeks. I'll make a commitment to deal with that specifically on the podcast here, because I think it's that important. Of course, we also have coaching with excellence coming up in May. Uh, those seats are filling up quickly as they always do. We have 48 seats. When those are gone, they're gone. And then we have one more open event this year. So we're rapidly approaching the point where we're only going to have one more event. You've been looking for an opportunity to come to the sanctuary. We'd love to see you here. It's a great time to, to meet me and my family that you hear me talk about. Walk around the sanctuary property here. Maybe we'll go down to zip line. If the timing is right, we'll eat mulberries off the mulberry tree. And who knows what else we'll see around here. Anyway, love to chat with you, connect with you in that way. And we'll be at Social Media Marketing World um, toward the end of March as well. March 22nd through the 24th, I think it is. So if you're in San Diego, love to chat with you there as well. So hope this has inspired you encourage you to pay attention to the little things there's nothing too small to be overlooked those little things do make a difference we notice them in other people i know that you do notice those things that make a difference you can do the same you can address those little things that make you stand out make people stop you in the parking lot and want to give you money you know that that come to you that show up that want what it is that you have it's the little things that matter well thanks for being part of this community growing community where we are in fact finding or creating work that is meaningful purposeful and profitable 48 days to the